You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? Back again with another fire episode. We have my brother on the line, and when I tell you he's not going to disappoint, I know it with my heart. Billy well, shit, now Jean, I can't mess up. <laughs> you will not mess up, man. So we have it. We have my brother, Mr. Billy Jean, on the line. Billy, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Dream Nation. First of all, just the name is dope. Dream Nation, what's going on? You got you to have like, hey, you, you start coming in at Dream Nation, but then you graduate to Plan Nation. You say, we don't even dream nor we just plan. We just make it happen. You got to have like the, the part two once they get awoken to the, uh, to the vision. Yeah. Absolutely agree with it. That's why we always say, but you must take action. But yeah. Otherwise, it's only merely a fantasy. So, mm-hmm. man, Billy, I've been a fan, just as so many people have, uh, to watch Thank your you, growth, to watch your progress, right? To, to just see that you have always been a trendsetter. You've never been afraid to buck the status quo. And so that's what mm. I've loved about you. But before you being featured in magazines like Forbes and Entrepreneur and Digital Marketer and being on the biggest stages across the world, before all of that, I always like to think of us as entrepreneurs, as superheroes. And mm. what do I mean by that? We're constantly putting on capes, flying around the world, trying to solve problems, trying to solve other people's problems. And so mm. before you started doing all of that, let's take it back to when you were just a young boy. Tell me, who is Billy Jean Shaw? How how young, how young are we talking? Because he didn't change probably between all of those years. You know, the, I'm the, talking the, childhood. The fi- <laughs> I'm talking where the foundation was like, okay. built. So I'll tell you, you know, actually very different, right? So my parents both grew up on welfare. So, you know, my my grandmother, 
Southeast San Diego. I don't know if you've ever been to San Diego, but Southeast San Diego. Most people come to San Diego and they stay in like these three parts, like La Jolla, like Encinitas. And they think it's like this really nice place. And it is. But there's this other place called Southeast San Diego that literally no one knows exists. Like if you told them there was a part that was like not good in Dago, they would never believe you. Like they, you know. So like, anyways, that that is where <laughs> that is where my family, you know, grew up. And I, you know, growing up, my mom is one of thirteen, so I got a lot of aunts and uncles. So I was always at the crib, like, you know, I got fifty something first cousins. Like, you know, every holiday and thing, we always at grandma's house and. You know, and it was a beautiful thing. So family it became tight to me. And, you yeah. know, my, my mom had a, a great career with the county. And so she did that. And my, my dad was in sales. He's been in the automotive industry for, you know, 30 years. So I got very lucky. And what I always tell people, I say lucky because my deck of cards, like, was very fortunate. So imagine 54 cousins. Well, when you take aunts and uncles, some were addicted to drugs. You know, one was murdered. One lost to cancer which, you know, and then I got, you know, the parents that had their head on straight, weren't tripping and, and had a good career. So like, I'm so acutely aware of the millimeter, like right. just uh, the millimeter. And I'll never, ever forget that. And I carry into everything that I do today. So that, that didn't, I didn't realize the impact that made on me until later in life, because growing up, like everything was cool. And, you know, my dad, I get to see, I got to get the benefits of his sales career starting off like we lived in like an apartment like in a whatever neighborhood and then we moved to like the the house like a couple of bedrooms in the okay neighborhood and then yeah. we had like the nice like you know american home right in the better neighborhood and then we, they went to the golf course the private golf course to the good neighborhood so i got to live through all of these things and something that you notice at each level it gets a little bit lighter it's a little bit lighter. There's a little less dark right. people. And every single time you move, then right. you start to look around like, yo, where did everybody go? Right. And that's something that stays to my mind true now as I still think about that. Like, well, I'm here. I'm coming back and get you. I'm going to come get you. You know what I mean? And 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 so I don't know, man. It, that's that's how I was raised. And so I went to private. I got the I have perspective tattooed on my wrist because I really got the duel of this, right? So that's the family side. Now, the other side with my parents making those progressions I got to go, I was privileged, privileged, I was privileged enough to go to private Catholic school my whole life. So I went to St. Martin's Academy in La Mesa with 30 kids and like, you know, like a, a sheltered, you know, world in that. And then St. Augustine High School, all private Catholic, all boys school. Then the University of San Diego for college, private Catholic university, acronym University of Spoiled Daughters. Like it was, you know, so I got this very, very, very unique view and perspective on life that I genuinely believe is the key to my success of every aspect of my life. Like, I, 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 I wish everybody got to see both sides like I did. Because now even when I listen to people, like, I just understand and I can have empathy for both sides because I get it. And, and everybody is actually the same, but every, nobody will take the fucking time to look at somebody else's perspective. Hmm. That's the challenge. Everybody is just in their own selves. You know, like everybody can only relate to their own problems. And so, right. like, how do you bring world peace is you have everybody switch shoes. Yeah, you wear these and I wear these. And I promise you overnight, everybody would have to, a different type of understanding, patience. And, and uh, so anyways, that's, that was my childhood, man. It was a combination of those things. So I saw the best of the best and, and some not so great things. And, uh, you know, that's, that's been my superpower, so to speak. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing is, and I think this really is into perspective because a lot of people, they struggle not with going after their own dreams, but they really struggle with what other people will think about it. 
right? And I think what you've been able to do so well is you've been able to not really give a shit, right? For lack of <laughs> better terms, it's just you've put yourself out there. I am who I am, right? The neighborhood that I live in, the businesses that I have, the way that I try to sell my products, as long as I'm adding value, I don't care what the perspective is around it. Now, do you think that that came from when you were younger? Did you have a lot of resentment from your other cousins and, and yeah. sides of your family because you were living this Catholic privileged yeah, yeah. life? You know, maybe I think the, the the confidence side. I think that, but a lot of my cousins got that too, right? It was like a coin toss, fifty fifty. I think the confidence side that I got was I was fortunate enough where I was always pretty good at things. You know, you hear some people's story and they're like, "Hey," and like you know, high school, like I was never the loud person. I was never charismatic. I'll keep it real. Like I always was. I was on ASB, I, I charismatic. Was. I was I was well-liked. I was good at sports. I had girls. Like, no, I didn't have the, like, oh, poor me story. My shit was tight. Like, yeah. and I'm very aware of that. And I'm not going to, you know, like, that's not me being arrogant. Like, that's what it was, right? right? Like, that's what it was. And so shit was cool. And, like, so for me, my confidence, I didn't realize in my professional career, really parlayed from the foundation that my parents gave me, right? And that mm. the infrastructures I was in, that I I, 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 I thrived in them. And so I was able to parlay that. So that's really where the confidence came from. It wasn't that I just didn't care. It was just like, I've won a lot in my life. I've got really blessed in this, so why not keep winning? So that was, again, the fortunate side. But then, you know, the confidence continued to build from the micro wins. Landing my first client, making my first hundred bucks, like all of those things built that confidence armor that eventually came on. But it wasn't... It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I have moments of self-doubts too, because I haven't, didn't win all the time. I did lose at things. And then also too, I was coming into a new arena. And this is the part that really scared me is that I, I was thriving in certain environments, but this world of entrepreneurship was a new environment where I had no experience, no credibility. And I didn't know another entrepreneur in my entire life. Hmm. No one in my, like nobody was an entrepreneur. Ever. I never even knew what the word was until high school. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand it. Yeah. So there was a completely new language to me. And that made me really fucking nervous. That made oh. me nervous. And, you know, and the only reason why I still did things anyway is because I had to, you know, like I, I had to, I was on my own and, and me and my parents weren't talking, long story short. And I mean, I just had to make it happen. And I think that's the best thing that can happen for anybody is like, when you're afraid to do something, change it to where you have to do something. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, for right, example, right. I, I hate fire. I wouldn't touch a candle. You know, some people just be like, here, I'll put the candle out and they grab right. with their fingers. Like Paul behind the camera, he does shit like that. I would never do that in a million years. But if like you were on the other side, I was like, oh, I got to save, I got to save his life. I, I would then do it. Right. Cause I have right. to do it now. So, you know, everybody's out here like thinking too much. You need more pressure. You need more bills. You need more have tos in your life. Cause when you have to do stuff, you always do it. You always but when do it's an it option, that's that. Yeah. Wow. That's when you catch the L's when you, when it's an option. Yeah. Man, I love that you brought that perspective up. Now, one thing is, it gets me to thinking, how did you graduate to a full-blown entrepreneur? Because you had a structured life, you had both parents that was there, right? You went to USD, as you said, yeah. all these things. Now, all of a sudden, you want to get out of the structure and you want to go on and take on something that you've never even really experienced and nobody else in your family has. So here comes here comes some more luck on my side. And by the way, when I say the word luck, y'all, I'm really hardworking. I take pride in everything that I do. So I don't want people to think it's like, oh, I keep saying I got lucky. I just keep highly aware of the things that weren't in my control control that went my way because that keeps me grounded. And that's why I have so mm. much gratitude. 
because I'm so aware of those things. So I was lucky that I went to this school because I didn't even want to go to school, right? My parents like, go to school, you have to do it. But what made me switch to the world of entrepreneurship is I saw, like as a child, when I saw some different levels of, you know, not being safe at home and, and things of that nature. Well, in college, it was the opposite. I saw some of the richest people in the world. And then I befriended some of them. And I got to experience things that the richest people in the world do. And I'm like, I want more of that. Right. And then I said, well, how, you know, then you start asking questions, right? Oh, well, what's your pops do anyway? Oh, he and you does, mean da, 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 da. driving, you mean being on yachts and, and the being, types of being cars. on yachts, the cars they'd roll up in is like 19 year old kids, like, you know, like the, I mean, they, the most ridiculous vacations, like their budgets and how they operate. They didn't even think like, and it wasn't everybody, but there was enough, like seeing their houses and being like, people live like this, that. Like, this is why I'm so big experiences because there's nothing that they could have told me that would have hyped me like that. I had to experience it. I had to taste right. it. I had right. to taste it to know I could never go back. So that's why I went for the world of entrepreneurship because they didn't woke me up like, oh shit, you got, like I, one of my boys' houses, I'm not gonna say their names or nothing, but <laughs> this dude's house sits and looks over the water, right? In Southern California. And there's, how do I even picture this? Like, so imagine you walk into a house and it's grand and there's glass and you look out the glass and everywhere there's just water. And then there's a pool with an infinity pool, but then you press a button and the glass comes down from the ceiling into the ground. So you can go in and out of the right. house, right into the in out bar. And it's like, and then they're like, oh yeah, neighbor over there, Warren Buffett owns that one. Da, 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 name dropping, you know, everybody in the name. I said, oh, <laughs> how do you get this? How do you get this? Yeah. Right. Now tell me what industry, because my mind is going, do you don't even have to say the name? Like what industry is, is this person? Is it technology? But I say that I say they, they owned a, a very big business. Got yeah. it. Got a very it. big no. business. And that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because perspective is is experience. It really is. When you go to these conferences, right? The same thing. Like people, I've been seeing Billy Jean, right? On on Facebook. He's following you all around now, right? When you clicked on one ad, the Oompa <laughs> yeah. Loompa, the Wolf of Wall Street, whatever it is. <laughs> but then when you've seen him on stage, right? And you're in the third row and then you see it in, per, in perspective and you like, yo, now the vibe, the energy. I mean, you're in there. And, and first time I saw you was at Thrive, just like we said. And on stage, I mean, you was I already knew that I was going to get value, but when you see it in person, you're like, oh, yo, so you, when you get out of there and it's break time, it's like, yo, what did you think? Billy felt it, <laughs> right? Man. So that was what it was. So I love that you say that it was all those experiences. And even now, me having children, you try to do the same thing. You try to give those yes. experiences. So I love that you brought that. Well, even, and even make up their standards, right? And so like, you know, and that's what, see, to me, like, that's what people don't understand about privilege. And by the way, like, Privilege can work for all races because my daughter, your daughter, you know, like they're going to grow up. They're privileged. They are. They are privileged. Yeah. Like no doubt about it. Like my daughter is like, you know, like she's, she's grown up with Bentleys and Lambos and penthouses and like stuff she wouldn't even think about. Like, but right. for her to achieve like low, she would have to try to, because all she's going to know is this. And that's the privileged part. That's the part she's lucky. She doesn't even have to think about trying to be successful because her, her standard is that's all she will know. You know what I'm saying? And so that like, I think about shit like that all the time. So yeah. how, and I think about that all the time as well, especially my son, you know, me coming from inner city. I never grew up with any of that. My son, mm -hmm. my daughter, they don't want for nothing. Right. But my question to you is how do we combat that? Right. When you have a child that is growing up privileged, 
right? And you know that you want to give them the world. They deserve the mm-hmm. world. They're smart. They're doing well in school. How do you still try to make sure that they have that other perspective so they can be compassionate to the other people that yeah. might not have it? One, I, I don't know if I know this answer with, you know, my daughter only being four all the way, but there is something that I do try and do. And that is, you know, I always try and make a parent the trade and the give up for anything that she gains. So even if it's like, you know, you know, Hey, like dad, can I, like daddy, can I have another 15 minutes? Uh, the first question I asked her is what do I get? Hmm. Like, can I stay up for another 15 minutes? What's in it? Okay. Why? Like da da da. Like really understanding that everything is like, there's a give and take. It's a negotiation, their trade, et cetera. Right. And always having her sell. Like she says, I want this. I'm like, cool. You could buy it. I don't have any money. Well, how are you going to get it? Well, I don't know. How can I get it? Well, you can do this. You can do this. We can go to swap meet. So take it to the swap meet. And we, you know, hustle little things at the swap meet. So like really practicing her. And I want to, you know, she's very involved. I put her in all kinds of different things. So she meets other different types of people. So she experiences that. But then the other part too, is letting her know, like we do prayers every night for, for bed. Let her know like, Hey, you like, when we do the gratitude is like, we're thankful for all these things because something that pisses me off is you hear a really successful person or someone who grew up safe someone who grew up with like standard even if they're not balling standard and they go i had to work for everything that i had no you didn't like no you didn't no you didn't no you didn't and that pissed me off so i never want her to be one of those things even though she will work for everything she has right i'm going to be 20 times harder on her than i am with anyone else in my life like she will work a lot but don't get it twisted you didn't work for everything you had everything and then you gained twice as much Right. Like, you know what I mean? But don't ever get right. it twisted and lose sight of that. And right. I think that's the problem is people really believe that they did shit on their own. And mm. that unawareness, I believe, creates so much entitled. No one did anything on their own at all levels, right. mind you. Even like, at all levels, right? At yeah. all levels. Not just wealthy or mediocre people, poor people too. Like, there's still a platform that you had. Nobody did it on their own. You, right. you hear so many people like, I did this all me. No, you didn't. And if you're in that position, if you're in that mindset, you're going to lose. Some point that's going to hit you in the back of the head. Man, I love it. I love it. And, and that's a big thing for me. As I told you before we hit record, everything for me has always been relationships. Whenever people ask, like, how have you been able to build? And it was something that always comes to mind. And it was from Warren Buffett. Somebody asked Warren Buffett. I guess he was on a panel. Somebody asked him, Warren, how do you know when you've truly been successful in life? And I guess Warren's an atheist. And or at least he doesn't talk about afterlife. He's just a realist. Right. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? You'll never know when you've truly been successful until you die and you see how many people come to your funeral. Mm. He says, but more importantly, you'll never know how truly successful you've been until you see how many of those people cry at your funeral, because Mm. those are the people who you've truly impacted their lives. Right. Right. And so for me, I've always thought of like everything can be gone. But at the end of the day, the memories that you created, and most likely there was another person that was involved in that. You went to Italy and you went by yourself. It's like, ah, but if you go to Italy and you backpack through Europe for six months and you had your wife with you at the end of your time, you want to look over to your wife and be like, babe, remember that time with these people, you know, Mm -hmm. or friends or whatever. So it's always that perspective, but understand that relationships are so much more important and you're not going to get there by yourself. You're not going to create any of those memories by yourself. It's with Mm. the team that makes it all worthwhile. So I love that you say that part where it's like, yo, I created this by myself. No, you did it, right? Right, Uh, 100%. So 
so you you built this huge business, right? When it started out, I'm sure that you had some shaky moments, but you had an envision in mind. Talk to yeah. me about like, why did you decide to get, because you're in the world of helping people get their stories out there and, and more specifically using paid advertising. Am I right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So why paid advertising? There's a million things that you could have started out doing. Why paid advertising and why is it so important? Because right now there's that debate, right? You go into click funnels or whatever, people are talking about you should do it organic. Yeah. Because well, I because I, I I learned a lesson yeah. that is really early on in my career, and it was this. You know, you don't have a business until you have marketing, because until then it's just an idea. And what I mean by that is, you know. You can have the 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 best product or service in the world, but if you're not getting it out to people and they're not buying it, you're not reaching the masses, like it's just an idea. It's a good idea with maybe some gadgets, but like it's nothing. And I realized, I remember I was selling like a, a quit smoking program or something online and I just was trying to figure out how to sell it. And I just remember the feeling, I'll never forget this feeling of, you know, going to USD and going through a bunch of business classes. I could not wrap my head around how there was no class on how to get a customer. And, and, I re- and I learned why. It's because most universities, their curriculum is based off of modeling um, off of the Fortune 1000 companies. And most of them have massive budgets, massive relationships, massive pre- previous customers lists. And so what they're doing is they don't often, the, the companies that they study, have to acquire new customers all the time. They can really activate the customers they already got. And that's different than attracting somebody who's never heard of you before. So what I learned is that 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 was the gap in our education system is they tell you how to like start a business, but they don't actually tell you what to do to get the first sale. Hmm. So when I started my first company or the first couple of ventures that I had, like I had a mobile oil change company, I got to this point where I had the oil change company. Like I had the van and we would go to people. We had the uniforms, we had the, the, the filters and we had everything that we needed to do business, but we had nobody to give it to. And that's what I mean. It's just an idea until you have marketing. And so then it was like, all right, let's tell all our friends and family. And that did work. We got customers until we didn't. Like people don't realize that's a dried up resource, right? Like you have only so many friends and family, especially as an adult, right? You don't want to kick it with that many people anymore. You got like two. So you put it out there. People want to support you. They buy your stuff. You don't even know if they really like it. You start lying to yourself about how good you are at sales, right? Like people forget to understand if you're, if you're selling a referral, you're order taking, you're not selling, right? So you, you, you form all these bad habits around this, this small group of people. And then when it comes to like actually finding strangers, you realize nothing where I'll tell you a story. Yeah, this was this was crazy because I was the feeling it was not that it's not a crazy story, but my thought was crazy. And I look back at how ignorant I was. So we did the mobile oil change company. I was like, all right, let's go tell people that it's there because I know everybody's going to want this because nobody wants to go get their oil change. If we come to you, what a great value proposition. So we got door hangers. Right. Classic door hangers. And uh, up in Rancho Bernardo, San Diego over here, uh, Rancho Bernardo, we got a thousand door hangers and me and my buddy Ryan, still one of my best friends today. We got thousand door hangers. It was like, hey, do you want us to come to you do your next oil change? And this is what I said to myself. I never forget. I was like, a thousand out of a thousand. Of course, we're gonna get at least like ten percent, five percent, which would be like a hundred or fifty right. people. Like, obviously, 
man, let me tell you something. We went out in our black coveralls in the hot beating ass sun and we put door hangers on freaking every single, we got rid of them all. We went to every single door. We were sweating, dripping sweat at the end. And then afterwards we drink a beer, we're high-fiving, elbow dancing and shit. Like, oh, it's about to be popping tomorrow. You know how many phone calls we got from that shit? Zero. Not a single call. Not one. And it was the first time it hit me. And I said, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, I genuinely had no clue on what the next play was. Yeah. At all. And we ended up going with this company called Groupon. At the time, Groupon was not Groupon. No one really knew. It was bubbling. Like, nobody really knew what it was. Yeah. And that's how we ended up getting our first customers and the bulk of it is by depending on somebody else. And if Groupon pushed us out, we got some people, but we had to pay them. So we were losing money from it. We sucked at sales. So we weren't turning them into referrals like we wanted to or to bigger accounts. Some we did, but not as good as we could have. Like we just missed it, but we were dependent upon Groupon and everything else we didn't know how to do. So I got obsessed with paid ads, long story short, because it finally put the control and the power back to me. Hmm. I didn't have to wait on the label to promote me. I right. didn't have to wait on this. I got to literally put a dollar inside of Facebook, its self-publishing platform, boom, and it would show that message to somebody. And then I got obsessed with one thing, making more than that dollar. So if I spend a dollar in advertising, well, if I can get $2 back, then I can do it again tomorrow. And that right. was it. That was the obsession. Now, did you start out selling the same mobile oil or did you find a complete? No, no, that went out of business. That went out of business. <laughs> we, were, we stopped doing that. We stopped doing that. That wasn't, you know, we kind of gave, it actually had a lot of potential, but we hated it. There's another lesson. Don't do something you hate for money. Like you just won't. Here's why. It's not because it can't work. It's because you'll never do the work required to make it work. Hmm. You just, you just never love it enough. Like right. you just get over it. It's just human. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, my buddy Ryan, he went off and he got a job. Like I ended up doing it myself. My cousin got tired of it driving down. And then we're like, how do we get rid of this thing? We're spilling oil all over the city. Like it was just, it was, it was horrible. Like no, nobody, nobody wanted anything to do with it. Yeah. It was a online program to help people quit smoking. It was somebody else's. And I ran a Facebook ad for it. And I remember, like clear as day, uh, we spent $80 on that Facebook ad. And the idea was to sell a $5 trial of the quit smoking program. It's a $5 trial. And after seven days, then you are charged $60. Okay. Hmm. And I remember I was so excited and my stomach was hurting and my palms were sweating. And I was like, here we go. We're going to put on this ad. We're going to put 80 bucks in here and we're going to sell like three of these things. We're going to kill it. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Woke up in the morning. I had one freaking, it was one sell of a $5 trial. Mind you, I spent 80. So if I have one right. sell of $5, that means I lost 75 bucks right. unless they continue, right? Did I get the other 60 after the trial? No. I woke up also to an email that says, hey, I accidentally bought, can you refund me? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was a big L, but that was the tipping point for Did me. Did you try to resell them? Why I, dog, that? I was so defeated. I, I was just like, what? You know what I mean? Like, it was, was just like, oh, God. Sales. I'll tell you, I, it was, yeah, it was not the same version. Like, and I knew sales. Like, it was just like, I wanted this online thing. But something did happen that changed my life forever. And that was when that sale came in, I was sleeping. Mm. And that right there made me change my relationship with money forever. Because I said, you know what? I did spend 80 bucks. And I did only get one person to take the trial. 
but I got like 200 people to click. Hmm. What if hypothetically out of those 200 people that clicked, what if I got 10 of them to actually do it? And then I did the math. I was like, oh, wow, I would have made like 300 bucks. Holy shit. I could be rich. I put in 80 bucks. I get out 300. Oh my God, this is it. So I got obsessed with that exact equation. What do I need to put on this webpage to make instead of one out of 10 people to buy? How do I get three out of people to buy? And that right there, it's called conversion rate optimization. And that is the equation that still is in my head today. And that is actually what I do. I just do it at a much larger scale today. Man, I love it. Now, in that everything that you've learned now, my biggest question to you right now is, what's been your biggest obstacle? What's been your biggest hurdle? Because people that see you right now, they see that you have it all made. You help so many thousands of business owners. You're helping them get their message out there and you understand conversion rate optimization. But what was the biggest challenge when you first started out? That that was it at first, is learning a new language, right? I had to learn what Facebook ads was. And then it was a rabbit hole of problems. So I ran that test and it was like, okay, you know, if I just got more people to buy, then I would be good. Well, how the hell do you do that? So right. now I got to learn how to write persuasively. Now I got to learn how to build websites. Now I got to learn a little bit of code. Now I got to learn WordPress or Joomla or whatever it was. And then I'm like, okay, I got those things figured out. Well, now I got to learn about call to action buttons. Now I got to learn about upsells. Now I got to learn about split tests. It was the rabbit hole. And this is why I always tell people you can never Google your way to success because of the simple truth. You don't know what the fuck you don't know. I would have right. never known to Google like what to split test. I would have never known to Google like, you know, like placing pixels and stuff. I didn't even know those things existed. So how can I search for it? I didn't even know they existed. It's like, right. like, and that's what people don't get is you don't even know what to search. Like it's just, so you see the ignorant comments, like you could just look this up on Google. You don't even know what to search. How are you going to look up something? Right? Like, it's like, hey, I want to go to a destination, but you don't know the address. Right. How the fuck are you going to get there? <laughs> I know it's, but I know it's over there somewhere. I don't know the address, but I do know, like, what are you talking about? You know, ignorant and arrogance. I talk about this all the time, but that's the only thing that stops new entrepreneurs. Ignorance and arrogance. It's it. It's, it's, it is it. The, the ignorance of not knowing what you don't know and just right. being new to it and just watching an episode of Shark Tank and thinking it's just a hustle and all this dumb, ignorant shit. And then the other side is arrogance, that you are so blessed, that you were so cute, that you were so smart, that you can just figure this out. Even though the statistics are overwhelming that over 90% of businesses fell in that first decade. But for some reason, people just think they can figure it out. And mind you, I'm talking about 90% that fell. 4% only get, uh, ever get to a million dollars in annual revenue. And that doesn't mean profit. They're probably making right. six figures. And that doesn't count the, the six out of 100,000 that makes it to eight figures. And then the stats just go dramatically down from there. So the arrogance to think that people can wing it and figure it out is alarming. If you and I went to build a house right now, we don't have a background in construction. We are right. never ever in our entire lives going to try and wing it. Right. Especially if we had to live in it. Cause what if that roof caves in and we got kids? Right. But for some right. reason in business, we just think we can figure it out. And boy, is it the dumbest shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> Key in YouTube, right? Everybody goes mm -hmm. to YouTube. So then the question is that I know that I'm wondering, and a lot of people are wondering what's the solution. Is it purely mentorship? 
it's find someone who's been there before. And by the way, it doesn't mean you can't learn certain things on Google and YouTube. We're still crafting, use those resources at all times, but you need to understand the game before you just start searching Mr. Laney because you can easily run backwards in the wrong direction. So my suggestion is if you want to do something that you've never done before, find somebody who's done it a hundred times successfully and got the result that you want. There's the kicker. Got the result that you want. If they don't have the result that do that you want, then they need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's that simple. There's no other rules. Like, and I'm talking about your friends, your family, your brother, your mother. They do not have the result. So stop listening to them. That's your bad. They don't have the result. Right. And this is the thing is most people don't have the result, but people find comfort in being in the majority. Hmm. So they're okay asking other people. They find so much comfort in being like, hey, us 90 people? Hey, hey, you see us 90 people? We all think that this is the way to do it. Well, you 90 people don't have the result. These 10 people do. Stop looking to the majority to validate your nonsense. Wow. You ever I'm, see people do that shit in an argument? Oh yeah, hey, everybody, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Well, let me ask you a question. If somebody dropped dead right now and there was a thousand people there and was like, oh my God, how do we keep them alive? And the majority said something, but there was one doctor who's been doing it for 30 years. Whose opinion is greater? I right. rest my case, your honor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love it. I love yeah. it. Now, talk to me about, throughout this journey that you've been on, you've had a team now, right? How important do you think that having a team is in the beginning to being able to grow and have a sustainable business? Because there's a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs, but yet we stay in the path of solopreneur. We got to do everything ourselves. We got to do our mm -hmm. own paid ads. We got to do our own sales. We got to do our own accountant. Like how big of a deal is that to you in the beginning? Do you think that everybody yeah. should be trying to figure it all out and then hiring? Or do you think we hire somebody smarter this than us a good from question. the beginning. Good question. I think it matters because what you have to do is you have to design your life before you design your business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of my favorite quotes. And, and what it means is it depends on what you want, right? If somebody tells me, hey, Billy, I just want to make like, you know, 5K to 10K, you know, being happy and just making some money. then I'm like, yeah, learn how to do all the shit yourself. Because that's where you're going to be. If you want to scale and you grow, you cannot do it by yourself. Like you have to have other people in place. Like it's just the math of like when you really understand a business at scale, it's, it's required. It's necessary. You know, it's just like, you know, it's like jump rope, right? Like it requires one person on one end to, to twirl the thing. Now you may be able to jerry rig it and kind of like do some weird one person shit for limited time, but it, the, the task requires more people. That's what business is. It requires more people. All businesses are the same. People think they're different. They're all the same. They require more people, but um, you know, it just depends on what you want. Unless you're some kind of rocket science engineer that can develop some kind of, you know, inventor or problem. And then at that point you still it's not your team, but you sell it to somebody else who does have a team. Like if you license a, a program or something. So that doesn't mean you can't make money, you know, solo by yourself and make a lot of it. It just depends on what your design is. Like, what are you trying to do? So I guess the question is, it's, it's different for every single person. You so know, it you, just depends on where you want to go. Yeah. For you, if having the business that you have now, right, where you're making five to $10 million a year, Somebody else says, you know what? I would love to do that. I would love to be able to afford to live in California, have a team like that. What If you had to start all over again, what's the first hire that you make? You have to hire who is ever 
whatever task is reducing your ability to focus on profit producing activities. So what does that mean? The company makes money, most likely in most companies, when you're selling. So if you are spending time fulfilling, like doing some busy work, you need to hire those things out immediately so that you can focus on PPAs, profit producing activities. Hmm. That is the game in the beginning. And so no matter who you are, if you really evaluate, here's, here's the trick. Here's the whole game. 90-10. Everybody write that down if you're listening. 90-10. 90-10. Is, this, this right here is the swap that would be the game changer for everyone. And it's so simple and nobody does it. So I'm going to give everybody a little test right here, okay? If I have to audit your day, real shit, real shit. If I have to audit your day, meaning I'm standing next to you all day for 24 hours, and I'm looking at you as your entrepreneurial career, and I'm taking your average day, not just the day when you know I'm going to be there. Did you spend 90% of that day asking for money? Hmm. Period. That is what business is. Asking people to buy in exchange for something. And growth happens when you can make offers at scale. So you get smart and you learn things. At first, most people make all their offers one-on-one on a phone call. But then you realize, well, if I have enough margins, I can bring in some salespeople and then they can also ask offers. And then I can bring in another salesperson. They can make more offers. Okay, cool. Now I have a sales team, right? They're making mm-hmm. offers at scale. Oh, I realize I can do this thing called Facebook. That's this Billy Jean guy talks about. Well, I can spend $5 a day and I can ask another thousand people. Awesome. Well, there's this other thing called YouTube where I can ask another thousand people. Awesome. Well, I can also connect here and, and go on this podcast and make another, you know, thousands of offer. Well, then I can make another offer. That's the game. It's mass offering. That's it. It's mass offering. That's how you do business. But if I look at everyone's day and I evaluate in 2019, how many people on average did you guys ask a day? It's probably on a single hand. It's probably single digits. But yet everyone is so confused as to why they're not not making money. And it is the most blatant thing ever. You didn't ask enough people. Hmm. Then people say, because I'm so busy. Well, there's your other problem. You lack clarity. You overcomplicate everything. Your business should be so simple, you can say it in one sentence. And if not, you need to rework it now. 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 Because it'd be too complicated to scale. One sentence is what you get. One sentence is what you get, right? Like I sell packs of gum, right? I sell speakers. I sell, you know what I mean? I clean carpets for money. Like it has to be that simple because that's when it clicks. So in the info product world, though, right? Because all those things were physical products, but in the info product- I teach entrepreneurs how to advertise on Facebook. Okay. Right? I I write follow-up emails for small businesses. Hmm. I I create retargeting ads on YouTube for real estate agents. Like, that's the game. That's the challenge. And it takes discipline, right? Because you have to now choose. And that's the point of the exercise, is you have to now choose. Because the more variables, the more complications, the more time it requires, and usually the more people it requires, and the more expertise it requires. And all those things eat into your margin, and they eat into your time, which essentially stops you from implementing the 90-10 rule. (laughs) I love it. So would you say that, just like the common saying goes, the riches are in the niches, do you think that somebody starting out must be niche down? I think it's the... The riches are in the niches, but this is where people don't think. They think about the audience, but they forget to niche down their product. Mm. 
That's the real game. It's offering one thing, you know, and if you can offer that same thing to multiple niches, but the delivery is the same all the time, then that's fine. But that's what, that's what people are missing is they usually can't. Like if your process requires you where every single time you have a new client, it's like hitting the drawing board and taking from a screen, you have to take a silent where it's different. That business is not scalable and it's going to be really hard to maintain profits and getting clients is going to be difficult too, because your message is fucking all over the place. Hmm. You're already lost. Got it. Where do you, where do you think right now, most people that are getting into the online space, right? Cause you're huge into the online space. Where should they be looking at? Should they be looking at advertising? Should they be looking at trying to get, Oh my God, everybody here should buy my shit and start advertising. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I watch this. I'm being dead serious. Like if you like, we got the blueprint. I mean, we, we have almost a hundred thousand students in 75 countries. I believe we are the best on the planet for small business in particular. For people like just getting started who need affordable ways to get customers, they don't have the big team in a PR company. Yeah, you buy my shit. Are you are you crazy? It's exactly what you do. You buy my shit and you listen to my podcast also. Right. Billy Gina's marketing offends the internet. Offends and it's the- by the way, it's it's racy, it's horrible, it's sexist, it's racist, it's joke. I curse every I tell inappropriate jokes. It's the worst. But man, those business lessons are good. So that's yeah. for you every Monday to Friday, Billy Jesus Marketing and Friends Indiana. But make sure you keep listening to this too. You stack them. Mine's short, five minutes. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> Besides the episode that you did with Grant. Besides, yeah, that we went in on that one. That was we necessary. Right. That was the, Are you friends with Grant? Yeah, yeah, we're cool. Got it. But the only yeah. reason why I ask is, yeah, you was definitely in, on his neck. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, from your thoughts, like for some, because the internet world, there's a lot of people out there that you know that they're not living the life that they're preaching on the other side, right? They're not oh, that word. real. They're not that authentic. 100. And so for a lot of people right now, they feel like they need the recognition up front, right? So they're, they're buying followers, they're buying whatever else. Like mm-hmm. for you, do you think that most people, that people won't listen to you until all of a sudden you have that social proof, that recognition? No, that's not true. I mean, that's what we're talking about is fear. The reason why people buy followers is because they're afraid to be, you know, judged by other people for not having followers. They're, they're definitely afraid of the comment that says, you have, you have 60 people that follow you. Why should I listen to you? They're definitely afraid of it and they believe it. You know, they, they start to believe it now, you know, and this is the important thing. That's why I tell everybody, you got to get the skill set. You know, what gives you armor and confidence through that is you being really good at your craft. And so many people, you know, are afraid of the comment of, hey, you have no credibility. And guess what? At that point in their career, they have no credibility. But they wouldn't have that fear if they just kept it real from the beginning. Hey, guys, I'm just getting started. But I'm about six months into learning. This is exactly where I'm at, right? And if you're willing to give me a try, you get me at a discount right now. If I deliver, you don't lose much. You know, if I, if I don't deliver, you don't lose much. But if I deliver, boy, are you in luck. You just got to steal me. You got to, you got to get Kobe early. You got right. to pick him up right when he was 18. And man, was that a payoff. Man, I know what I'm saying? Just tell the truth. Like people want the truth that people want the, you know what people buy imperfection. You know what? No one buys perfection. Sounds ironic because we come from a a, a print magazine world where all they did was sell perfection and Instagram world that sells perfection. But you see so many people in there that may have attention, but they don't have sales. Hmm. Imperfection sells. Imperfection sells. People love the story. Robert Downer Jr., you know, or junior, or junior, um, Iron Man. Like, yeah. didn't he, didn't he come out of rehab before? Like, he got popping. People right. love his story. Oh, he was he was so mean, and he was down and out. He was doing drugs all the time, hanging out with prostitutes. But look at how he came back. Like, they don't even care. Like, right. oh, he murdered four people, kidnapped three children. But you know what, man, Iron Man was good. 
He didn't even let it phase him. Like people love a comeback story. People right. love when people catch L's, like embrace it. No, I, I love it. Has there been one book or, or over the last three years, when you look back, like what has really helped to shape your mindset besides the experience? Obviously you've been in the trenches every single day, mm-hmm. but for as far as mentorship from the outside perspective, is there one place that you turn to? Yeah. Yeah. Books are, books are the cheat code to life. And when I say books, I don't care if you digest in audible form or if you read it, I recommend you do both. You know, but what, regardless, learning is the, is the, is the whole key. You know, right. learning is the entire whole deal. And it's so important to realize that, you know, in, at any given day when you're processing, when anyone's making a decision, they're making that decision with information in their brain from their current environment, the people that they talk to, the songs that they listen to, et cetera. So if you want to come to a new conclusion, if you want to get a new outcome, you got to put your new information into your brain. And you got to get that from other people who are way smarter than you. You got to realize how dumb you are. Every single day I wake up and I realize how stupid I am. Real shit. Like I, 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 I am so insanely aware of how much I do not know. And I love to pay for expertise. Oh, I love it because I are always you, get my return. So, so are, if you find some expertise, are you the one that's going in, you're diving it, you're going to learn it and then try to tell it to your team? Or are you saying, Hey, well, this it, is the expert. It depends on if it's a critical component to the business, right? Marketing and sales. Like the, if you don't have anybody to talk to, then you don't have a business. So to me, any CEO who's avoiding marketing and is like, I don't want to do the marketing, you don't have a business unless you have marketing. Everyone has to be a marketer. If you're the CEO and you can't sell, like you're going to suck. You have to sell your team on being motivated. You have to sell uh, your vendors on giving you better deals. You have to sell your customers on buying with you. Like those are critical components. So yes, I am always sharpening my skills with those two things because they're critical right? Mm -hmm. Critical components to to growing the business. And I believe it makes me a greater leader and be able to help and assist my team. But, you know, there's some things you can outsource. You know, I I have to think of some examples, but, you know, critical components that are going to drive the needle, the CEO has to learn, especially in the beginning. Because it's almost like, what do you even do as a CEO? Like, you don't want to market, so you don't generate the customers. You don't want to sell, so you can't close anybody. And you don't want to fulfill because you're too busy. What the fuck do you do then? (laughs) So I'm talking about is like people see an episode of Shark Tank and really like, it's like, what do you do? And then they realize, well, I am the talent. I do this. Then go get a job and go get a label. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like CEO is so glamorized, man. It's so, and it's just so not good for some people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got a friend and she just hates to market and she hates to sell. I'm like, then go meet with the great CEO who loves those things. And you just focus on styling people. like. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I you know, it's you. not, it's not the path. It's not the path. Like, you know, entrepreneurship is not an escape. Hmm. It's not an escape. It's not something you use to like avoid doing something else that you don't want to do. Cause it's just going to make you do all those things and more, <laughs> you know, like, right. Know. People got to No, I love it. That puts it in perspective. And it's funny how many people, just like you said, they look for that escape. They're getting out of the nine to five. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. like, wow, that's exactly what they do. They're like, you know, I'm leaving this nine to five. But then when you and, get out and of- by the way, like that, even that, like I, even the expression of nine to five, it's like, dude, like you, you, what is the, what's the quote? You know, you realize in entrepreneurship, you give up 40 hour work weeks to work 80 hour work right. weeks. Like, right. like, like escape the nine to five. Like I'm more like being entrepreneurship. If you like hate the fact that you have to leave. Hmm. That's when you should be an entrepreneur, not the fact that you want to like, it's the opposite, right. you know, and it's, 
it's just, there's so much misconception, dude. It's just, it's scary, honestly. It's scary. And that's why I'm so vocal on my ads and stuff because the miseducation of Lauren, the miseducation of, of entrepreneurs is wild. It's wild. It's wild. Man, I love it. It's a crisis. It. It's a pandemic before the pandemic. <laughs> so for somebody that says, okay, Billy Jean has the result that I want, right? Yep. And he talks about that I got to be sharpening my skills all the time. I got to have that knowledge and he loves to read. What's that book if I'm trying to model after Billy Jean? Oh, buy my 30 days of genius. Like buy my shit. It's not a book. It's a 30 day thing. I'll send you a video every day and tell you exactly mm-hmm. what the fuck to do. It's by, by my shit. It's, not, it's better than a book. I literally, every single day, I'll send you a video, tell you exactly what to do, give you the resources, and just do it for 30 days. You'll have the fundamentals of all this stuff. You'll learn more money-making skills than any course you've ever taken in your entire life. This is for the world. I'm letting everybody know that. You're new to this whole game. It intimidates the hell out of you. You're afraid of tech. You got zero brands, zero team, et cetera. Buy my shit. It's like a hundred bucks. I don't even know. I don't even know a link for it. I don't even have a link for you guys. Just like go follow me. We'll retarget you at some point. We'll catch you later. But like, just buy that. Like real shit. Like do it. Got like it. I, I genuinely believe my shit is the best answer for that. I like some you. people are like, oh, you should go read this. No, you should buy my shit. <laughs> I've already done a lot of hard work for you. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've been there. Buy this. God. No. I love it, man. I love it. I support it. We'll definitely make sure that we have links in the show notes cool. um, we'll get for you everything. That. The last thing I guess we'll I want to ask Rena, you is when it's all said and done and everybody can go back through your portfolio, through the times that you've been online, that you've been crushing it. If they can't go through all of that stuff, but they can just learn one lesson from you, yeah. what do you want them to think about who Billie Jean was and what was the message that he represented? If I can give everybody one thing, it would be because we're talking about money here. You know, the key to making money is to solve problems. And I want everyone to understand that. Like, if you want more money, solve bigger problems. Doctors solve big problems. Lawyers solve big problems. House cleaners solve small problems. They get paid small bucks. That is the thing I want people to do. And then the the second component to that is realizing that everybody has the ability to learn how to solve a problem. So in other words, everybody can make money. So for example, you and I can both go to med school right now. We can learn how to do that and we would make more money. The truth is people just don't want to go to med school. But you have to learn something if you want to demand high rates. And that is the whole game. You have to be great at something. That's the price of success. That's where the money comes from. So the one thing is get a fucking skill set. Get really, really good at something that most people cannot do or that they're not willing to do. And the money will come because you got to get good at selling too. Yeah. Love it, man. And there's somebody out there right now that's listening at this, that's super inspired. They love you. They're going to follow you. And they want to, to start on the path just like you did, you know, 10, 12 years ago, right? Or how long has it been? Just to make sure we- ain't probably, probably about 11 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I probably probably right 11 there. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But they got that little voice in their head, right? And we've all had that little voice. And it tells them that they're not strong enough. They're not smart enough. Or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you say to that person to get them to just take action? I would say stop asking yourself any questions and get really good at something. Mm -hmm. Then ask yourself the same question. 
Because when you're really good at solving a problem for someone, you don't have a lot of that self-doubt and stuff creeps. What really happens when people are like having those feelings is they just have no idea what to sell. They have no idea what to sell. They have no idea what they're good at. And they're like, because here's the thing is nobody's born good at anything. Like that's what people don't get, especially in business, because it's your brain. You can't rely on your physical ability, like being a baller or something like that. Like you're not good at it. Like no one, like you can't, you're not just naturally there. And so many people in our system are used to being able to use their natural ability to get by. Like you have to learn something. And they say, well, what should I learn? Fucking choose. You have to choose. I love it. Absolutely. You got to make the choice. Yeah. Like everyone's like, well, what if it's like, yeah, well, what if choose and get over it? Like, right. You got to choose. And be willing to pivot if that doesn't work. But yeah, exactly. And and then it's just like, hey, you got to experiment. You're never going to, you're never going to find out if you like something or don't like something by thinking about it. Hmm. It's, and it's the most ironic thing because everyone just says, huh, let me think about it. Nothing changes from thinking about it, only experimenting about it. Like you got to experiment about it. Don't think about it. Experiment about it. Stop thinking is like the worst thing that happened to mankind. (laughs) I know that sounds ironic. Obviously there's a place for thought, but like for most people, especially small businesses, just starting, et cetera, don't think about anything. Just do it and tell me what you thought. (laughs) There you have it, man. This has been, as I said, a phenomenal episode. (laughs) I knew it was going to be a lot of fire, a lot of heat. And uh, we look forward to watching your journey, man. For anybody that wants to stay connected with you, we'll have the links in the show notes, but tell them where can they find you at? Instagram, Billy Gina's Marketing. I keep it real on there, but Billy Gina's Marketing offends the internet. Podcast, you guys obviously listen to podcasts and great ones at that. So, you know, five minute episodes, just quick, wake up in the morning, listen to it, but make sure you guys keep it locked here Tuesdays and Thursdays. But yeah, just like a five minute episodes, Billy Gina's Marketing offends the internet. Holla. Got it. We'll definitely make sure we drop those links. But remember, Dream Nation, in the dream we trust, but we must take action. You must just do it so you can experience it. Because otherwise, if you just think about it, it'll only merely be a fantasy. We'll catch Mm. you on the next one. Peace. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.